Hey guys, welcome to the Pace Racing Podcast Experience, the Canadian Triathlon Podcast made in mind for the age group triathletes. So today's guest is the up-and-coming Super League triathlete from New Zealand, Hayden Wild. Now, I'm super excited for this episode because Hayden has made such an incredible name for himself in Super League Triathlon and is still only in his early 20s. So Super League is an amazing series of the sport that's definitely standing up to the usual Ironman series format in which we're all used to. Now, I've only personally ever raced the Ironman style triathlon, but I can see why many triathletes are so enticed to move over to the Super League format. I mean, after all, they have some of the best athletes. It's always in exotic or iconic destinations. It's super entertaining for spectators and a lot easier for families and spectators to watch the entire race. There's big, big prize money and it's across the globe and it's multi-day racing. There's so much more about it that you'll hear about in this podcast. It was a lot of fun talking about. Now, Hayden Wild is currently ranked eighth overall in the men's Super League series against a very stacked lineup with names like Jonathan Brownlee, Richard Murray, and Vincent Louis to compete against. So I'm super excited to talk about a number of topics like his backstory and how he got into triathlon and more specifically, what made him move into the Super League triathlon. And we're also going to talk about what he loves about it and talk about how it differs from the ITU series or the Ironman triathlon series. And we'll discuss everything about the Super League Triathlon from how it works as far as the point system, the different formats of racing, and how even you can join as an age grouper in a race. So he also gives us some amazing insight on how we can train to prepare for a series of racing like this compared to the training style of an Ironman series race. So it's super exciting to talk about this because, of course, on this podcast, we love learning new things in the sport of triathlon and hearing from the best of the best. So let's not wait any longer, guys. Let's get into it and let's cue the music. So today's episode is brought to you by our two sponsors. So I'm excited to represent the first one is Scody. Now, I'm excited to talk about Scody because Scody has helped me design a new 2019 pacing racing triathlon kit that's now available for anyone to purchase up until April the 8th. Now, this is super exciting, and this is the first time these will be on sale. And if you haven't seen them yet, then you can find all the information on my Instagram page at pacing.and.racing. Now, the link to the store will be available in my link in my bio, or what's probably easiest if you type in Scody, that's S-C-O-D-Y, pacing and racing in Google, then the store will show up. So Scody is spelled S-C-O-D-Y, and you'll have no problems finding that at all. Now, I'll be representing this kit proudly at all my upcoming races this year. So if you're a fan of the content or you're simply just looking for one awesome looking kit to wear this season, then be sure to put an order in before April 8th. Now, they've taken the pacing and racing design concept for the triathlon suits and applied them to cycling jerseys, running shirts, cycling shorts, the brace and bib style shorts, if you like that, their sleeveless tri-suits, and so much more, guys. So the best part is it's available for both men and women. So it's available, again, until April 8th. And if you haven't seen the design yet, it's an awesome turquoise and navy design. It has the pacing and racing logo on the chest, and it just looks absolutely awesome. So I'll be posting a link to the store all over my social media. So if you're following Pacing Racing on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, the email list, and even on this podcast, and definitely take a look. So any other questions, of course, you can direct message me on Instagram. Now, I've always done a ton of research whenever I'd be buying something for triathlon because, I mean, as we all know, it's very expensive sport. Now, what I've recognized is over the years is the most expensive product doesn't mean it's the best product. And that's why I love this Scooty brand. They offer the professional grade design and material, but offer it in a price range that both you and I can afford. And like I said, you get a ton of life out of their apparel because all of their apparel is professional grade. Wearing it won't chafe on the long races. It won't suffer the wear and tear like many of the cheaper products do that are on the market today. So if you want to check them out, you can find them out on Instagram by searching at Scody AUS or go to www.scody.com. And if you're on Facebook, you can search Scody Australia. Now, the second sponsor is a brand that has been dating back to 1993 and has held the test of time, and that's Blue 70. Now, Blue 70 is a triathlon and swimwear company that are probably most well-known for their professional quality wetsuits, but they also have a massive inventory of swimwear like swim skins, jammers, gear bags, goggles, and pool accessories. Now, what exactly are pool accessories? They're basically anything to help you train the pool, like hand paddles, pole boys, kickboards, and even the core shorts for buoyancy. So, and also for the crazy swimmers out there who also go in the open water as early as March in places like Canada, they have the thermal swimmer options, which will help you in the colder temperatures. Now, 
Blue 70 is known to have some of the best wetsuits, swim skins, jammers, and pool accessories. So if there's something you want to try out, then definitely look into them. Be sure to check out their website. Now, I personally wear the Helix Men's wetsuit, and it's my favorite wetsuit I've ever worn because honestly, it fits so snug, and there's absolutely no restriction. And the nicest feature I find is that the zipper does up from the neck and sits down at your lower back when it zips. So you won't find any chafing from the zipper on your neck, which was always a big thing I noticed in prior wetsuits that coming out of the water, my neck would just be so red and so sore from the chafing of the zipper. Now, it's a super cool wetsuit. In fact, I'm getting to wear the same wetsuit as some of my favorite idols like Braden Curry and Lionel Sanders. It just makes it that much better. So, I mean, for all of you who are curious to see more Blue 70, then definitely check out my YouTube channel, Pacing and Racing. I just posted a video on Blue 70 gear review. So in there, I'll go in depth talking about the wetsuit, their pool accessories, and how to decide if you want a swim skin or what type of wetsuit you might require for your skill set and your budget. So if you're searching for basically anything for your swim training and swimwear, which everyone's always looking for ways to improve their swim, then definitely go ahead and check out Blue 70 on Instagram, which is at Blue 70, or go to www.blue70.com. If you're on Facebook, you can search Blue 70. Aiden Wild, welcome to the Pace Racing Podcast, man. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad yourself. Not bad. No, it's it's awesome. And thanks for coming on the show. Obviously, you're a busy guy. You were just out swimming this morning, so it's uh, it means a lot that you took the time today to come on and talk. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate the uh, the contact. Um, yeah, just finished a nice six k um, swim set, so uh, all ready to all ready to go for the rest of the day. Six k. Now, how long yeah. did that take you? <laughs> Uh, normally it takes between hour forty five to two hours. Um, the old squad loves to put me under the pump, so it's uh, you get through it pretty quick. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> oh, that's awesome! No, so I just saw on your Instagram that uh, you're at a fairly local triathlon race to you in. Now, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but New Plymouth, New Zealand, called the Taranaki Tri Festival. No, oh, perfect. perfect, perfect, awesome. No. <laughs> so, how was that, and uh, how'd you do in it? Yeah, man. Yeah, I was, uh, while leading up to it, coming back from Abu Dhabi, um, I really wanted a good kind of uh, lead into it. Um, but unfortunately, I was sick for about two weeks. So I didn't really get the training that I wanted to get um, into for um, the new Plymouth race, especially, um, you know, it's a home crowd and love kind of racing in front of the, um, the home um, town and family and everything. So it was really exciting to race. But um, I was a little bit nervous, as I said, coming into it because I was a bit sick. So um, kind of just getting over it now. But uh, the body actually held up really well, and um, it was a sprint finish for second place. Uh, but I took fourth in the end, um, just punching through um, Javier Gomez, which is uh, which is a pretty awesome feeling, to be honest. Yeah, man, that's amazing to be uh, competing up with him, especially being sick. Like I, I just as well, I just finished getting over sickness and just starting to get back into training. Like it, it feels like you're just retraining your body all over again. It definitely takes a toll on you. So that's awesome. You did so well after being sick. Yeah, it was, um, I think that someone must have had a cold in Abu Dhabi or something because there was a few of us like Tyler, Mr. Chuck, um, Sam Ward and a few others that were also a little bit sick as well. So uh, there must have been maybe a little bug in Abu Dhabi and it kind of went through a few of the athletes. But um, no, I was real happy to see how the odd body responded, um, especially at a high intense race because uh, the heat was definitely on. Uh, it's an extremely hard, tough bike course, and then it's just a flat run. So after a few hills, the legs love the feeling on a flat um, flat run course for sure. <laughs> awesome, man! No, that's really cool. Now, I mean, let's let's go back a bit. Let's let's hear about your backstory and, and sort of how you decided to get into triathlon originally, and then I guess more importantly, what led to you competing in the Super League triathlon. Yeah, so it kind of all started probably only about six years ago, really. Um, so I kind of. Oh, I used to play hockey. Um, so I, not so. I guess you guys play a bit of ice hockey in Canada. For us, it was um, turf hockey, and uh, so that's quite big um, in New Zealand. So that's what I used to do. Um, and then I was wanted a bit of a change. Um, I was kind of following my brothers um, at that sort of stage. Um, they played the you know your average show sport like cricket, uh, football, hockey. But um, I guess I wanted a bit of a change. And one of my teachers was like, "Oh, you should you know give running a running a go and a thing called event racing." So. I listened to your podcast about Brandon Curry. I guess we've kind of come from the same background, I guess. So, um, yeah, I started with event racing, uh, running. Uh, my first kind of, I guess, half marathon was when I was about 14. So I started quite long, quite early. Um, not like your average um, youth athlete. So, um, yeah, started with running and then 
got into some duathlons, picked up a bike for the first time and uh, absolutely loved it. Um, and then I kind of went to Xterra. So that's when I um, made the change over to triathlon. So I also did multi-sport too. Uh, so I've done the coast to coast um, as well, but in the two day instead of the one day. And um, after winning that, um, I was for me it was kind of just uh, a decision to go to Xterra. So then I was uh, kind of dabbling um, in Xterra for about three years, and then uh, from there, what well, was pretty much I wanted to be, um, go to the Olympics, but I couldn't get there through Xterra. So after uh, about three years in Xterra, um, I went to Worlds uh, three times and lucky enough to pick up uh, three world titles and then um, heading over to the ITU it was just like next level like the swimming was out of this world like they're so quick in the water Um, I could hold myself on the bike and then I could hold myself on the run but as everyone knows if you're not there in the swim it's it's a tough challenge um, kind of racing ITU if you're not even in the pack so it's um, the last few years is definitely kind of getting in the pool uh, doing massive hours and just kind of getting uh, back I guess catching up to everybody all those years I've never been swimming before because um, back where I live in um, New Zealand in the North Island a little place called Whakatane um, I used to kind of pretty much just jump off the the wharf and the bridge and that's pretty much all the swimming I had to be honest wow that's crazy eh? and you know it's true it, it sounds like to be an ITU triathlete you have to have a pretty strong swimming uh, background not even a background but just be a strong swimmer getting into it because you're right. If you, if you lose that pack in the front, it's, it's hard playing catch up at that point. So now if you were theoretically able to sort of compete in the Olympics through Xterra, would that be something you would prefer to do over now this sort of new style of triathlon or, or is that kind of yeah. a thing going in the past? Yeah. Like, um, you can never take the off-road out of a young Kiwi lad. Like it's pretty much built in our nature, you know, you go out your uh, front doorstep and you're pretty much running trails. And that's what I used to love to do. I used to love climbing mountains and that's just what I used to do. And this, uh, it just kind of gives you a really good, really good rush, you know, but um, yeah, as uh, I was fortunate enough to get picked as a wild card into super league. And um, the, the t- I guess there's, there's two different things with Xterra and off in uh, the on-road triathlon, like Xterra is like adventure. You're pretty much, you're either by yourself or with only a few guys and you're just kind of going max out the whole time. And then with, but with ITU, the competitions are so close and the, the racing is just high pace. It's exciting. Um, and that's what I really love about um, ITU is the, the high pace, the, uh, how close the racing is. And then, but with Xterra, I love the off-road, the outdoors, um, the, the trails you go on. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of pulled between two, but, uh, I, I think after a few years in the ITU and, um, trying to get to the Olympics and, um, you know, 2020, 2024, uh, I'll probably definitely go back to the off-road Xterra, um, just to give that, um, you know, the elite world champs a good, a good crack, um, because, you know, it's just, uh, that's where I started and I'd love to finish off, um, being maybe world champion, um, in, in the open men one day in the Xterra. Awesome. And yeah, that's awesome. Now it's funny because looking back now, looking through all the accolades and the highlights, I didn't see any Ironman branded events. Now, is there, is there a reason for that? Or do you ever see yourself doing any of those races or is it just not really your style? Yeah. So, um, it's, yeah. So I started, uh, with, you know, multi-sport. So that's a, uh, you know, between six to eight hour races. Uh, I've done about three um 70.3s but they weren't classified under Ironman so they were kind of just like um local New Zealand races I'm a very famous one New Zealand it's called the Port of Tauranga now um, called um, Tauranga Half um so my, that was my first ever um half Ironman and um it was uh my first time actually racing Braden Curry and um Cameron Brown on the on on the on road so I've raced um Braden a few times on the off road but this is our first time on the off on the on road and um we kind of came out of the water together and then he put about a minute um on me on the bike and i was like oh, i don't want to go too hard on the bike because this is my first one i don't really want to blow up and then i uh, kind of ran myself um into second place and then um mr cameron brown the legend he is he was uh, just kind of slowly creeping up and um the last 2k we kind of had a real good showdown so um that year, my uh, Braden got the win. Uh, Cameron Brown was second, and then I was third. And we all went under the old course record. I think we did it in about three hours forty-two. I think around that time. 
Wow. That's amazing. No, that's a, that's a crazy story. And it's uh it's interesting. Cause yeah, now you're pretty much full fledged super league triathlete and you're just doing incredible in there. But um, now just to kind of get everyone up to pace. So for those who don't know much about the super league and how it works, can you explain sort of what it is in, like, there's different formats of events and how it's multi-day racing and works off a point system, uh, just cause it's a lot different than like the, the, the multi-sport, like the Ironman series races. Yeah, definitely. I fully agree. Eh? Like um, the cool thing about Super League is it kind of changes, um, just changes the whole sport, to be honest. It makes it more spectator friendly, uh, makes it extremely exciting. Um, disciplines are kind of put everywhere where you can start with a like a bike or a run or something like that. And um, it's definitely probably um, got to be the new thing of triathlon. I think it's what it needed. It needed something new. It needed something fast. Um, because these days in sports, it's all about kind of spectator sports and it's all about catering for the for the spectators, um, so to say. So, um, yeah, what Super League is, you've got kind of four different categories of racing over two, two to three days. Um, so, I, for example, for, the, uh, for when we raced in Malta, that was actually a three-day um, event, uh, which is one of the stops in Super League Championship rounds. So, on the Friday, we actually did a swim time trial. So that was a 600 meter swim, which kind of um, put you in sort of a handicap sort of position. Um, and then it's, that kind of caters for the last day on the Sunday, which is called the um, Eliminator. And then so that's a swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run on the Sunday. Um, so that swim um, time trial uh, puts you in a handicap of how far you'll kind of start behind the winner. Uh, well, by the leader, I should say. Uh, but then on the Saturday, there will be, say, like a triple mix. So what a triple mix is, it uh, can be tr- pretty much a triathlon in any sort of order. Um, so you start with, say, like a bike, swim, run, and then you get 10 minutes of uh, rest, and then you start all over again, and then you go like run, swim, bike, and then you stop for 10 minutes, and then you start all over again, and then you'd go maybe like a swim, bike, run um, to finish it off. And then um, every every um, break you have, two people get eliminated until you get to the, the thing called the Super Six. So there's 25 athletes that start, and by the end there'll be between six athletes um, that will finish off to uh, kind of race for that day, um, for that day win. So yeah, and the courses itself, if we're talking about the courses, it's um, it's very short. Um, so you say um, a lap of the swim, um, so that would be a 300 meter swim, and then you do about four or five laps of the bike, which would be about like a kilometer um, between 1. 1.2 to 1.5 um, kilometers um, a lap. Um, so it's very tight, very technical. And then the run's normally about two laps of about 600 metres uh, to finish up between that 1.2 to 1.5 kilometres. So it's, yeah, it's full it's full pace, full throttle. And uh, you pretty much just got to be quite strategical, but also um, try and hurt people on your strengths and then try and just be as efficient as possible on your weaknesses. So it's, um, it's really exciting stuff and um, really looking forward to the next season of Super League as well. You know what? It's crazy because you brought up a lot of uh, points there, like especially with, like you said, being spectator friendly. Now I remember a perfect example, like going to a seventy point three not too long ago, and the the wife is saying, "Okay, so where should we stand? Where should we find you?" And like, uh, and like <laughs> okay, I guess for the swim, be here, and then maybe an hour or two later, <laughs> come here for the bike, and I guess finish off a couple hours later. Like it's just funny trying to coordinate that, but like you said, yeah, it, Super League is a spectator friendly sport, and it also makes it safer too. Like we, we were talking to Matt, Matt Russell there who had his accident in Kona and it's just by reducing the course size and just kind of making it more of a, like a private race. It just, it makes it a lot more safer. So I think that's a really cool thing that super league's doing. Yeah, definitely. And like, um, it's so awesome. Cause I think like if we're, so there was four stops this year on the super league championship round. So we started in Jersey um, which is, I think Jersey is quite similar to New Zealand terrain, you know, it's, uh, it's nice and undulating. Um, and the, but the spectator wise of the actual course was like fantastic. It was my first super league. Um, and it was everything I expected it to be. It was exciting. There was fans everywhere. Um, it, it was just like fully packed and everyone was cheering. It was just like the best experience, but I'd say probably the best, um, best one to look at would probably be Malta. Because you climb up this this big hill and it's a four lap course, and um, you're standing on top of this hill, and then if you're on the top of the hill, you can see everyone do the hill climb. You can see everyone descending, and then you walk back about ten meters, and you're um, you're looking down this massive ledge, 
And then you can also see the water where the swim started. So you can see all the swim and then you see everyone coming into transition and watch the transition and then you watch everyone climb up again. So I think Malta was probably the best course, uh, for, uh, I guess, for people to watch. And there was a lot of people out that day as well. So it was, oh, it was fantastic to watch. And then we moved on to Mallorca, um, which a lot of, uh, I guess, tour riders, um, a lot of um, triathletes also train there, like Mario Mola, for example. That's where um, he trains with his squad, with Joe Filio's squads. And then uh, we finished off in Singapore, which was the kind of where the HQ of Super League is. So we've been to some pretty awesome places this year. Oh yeah, that's amazing. And it's awesome too, because I saw that uh, they're now having one in Ottawa in Canada. Yeah. So that's the first one that's actually relatively, it's a driving distance for me, like five or six hours. <laughs> but I mean, it's still, it's cool that it's, like you said, it's it's going around the globe and it's picking some amazing places. So I think that's a huge thing for that, uh, for the Super League. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, uh, just, for, you know, if you, if you watch Super League, there's such a big Canadian kind of presence there with Nathan Coloma is probably someone you guys might know, um, especially if you're a 70.3 athlete. Um, I know he's an absolute demon on the bike. Um, he's a solid runner. Um, but, you know, he's a little bit behind on the uh, on the swim. But, you know, the, he's, he doesn't have to worry about that because, you know, he's a bit of a um, 70.3 athlete. And, you know, he did the time trial um, when he was doing his um, qualification. He, uh, I think he uh, put about 20 to 30 seconds on Ben Canute. So it just shows, goes to show how strong he is on the bike. And then you have Tyler Misichuk, one of the best Canadian ITU athletes. Um, you have Matthew Sharp, Desiree Ryder, um, one of the youth um, athletes as well. So um, you've got some, you know, it was pretty awesome to see the Canadian presence there. And, um, you know, I've, I got to meet and kind of get to socialize a lot with those guys as well. And, uh, you know, the Canadians for sure is probably the, um, probably the coolest squad you probably get around. So um, really enjoy kind of mingling with those guys. Awesome, man. It's cool. Yeah. Hey, I'm always glad to hear Canadian knocked <laughs> up. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the, um, let's talk about those different formats in the Super League. So you touched on a few of them. There's like the triple mix, the eliminator, the equalizer, and then the sprint enduro and the enduro. Now, I know you explained a little bit what each of them are. But do you have a favorite one of these? And do you end up racing all these races throughout the season? Or Yeah, so for me, um, I've probably, for me, I've always raced very well in the triple mix. Um, I've really enjoyed how it kind of, for me, I've, you know, I've, I've just kind of touched on saying I'm not the, the strongest swimmer. Um, so I kind of like starting with the, a swim bike run, get that over and done with. And then we kind of go to a bike uh, run swim. And then we go to a bike swim run. So it kind of, yeah, it's quite nice how it kind of moves around a bit. And um, it kind of caters for those not the strong swimmers. So um, I kind of back myself um, on the run as um, this where I think my strong point is. Um, but a lot of people have seen that I'm a very strong rider. Um, I guess because since I'm so far back in the water, I've kind of just taught myself and trained myself to be a strong rider. But I've kind of never shown... Um, that I can run well. Um, so, but as slowly uh, as years go by and getting a lot faster in the water, um, I'm kind of slowly getting into that front pack. I uh, don't have to use as much energy on the bike, and then I can show how I can um, how I can run. So for me, at this point of time, I really enjoy the triple mix, um, and it's quite exciting as well, you know. So, um, yep, triple mix, and then probably say uh, potentially probably the uh, uh, enduro as well, the swim bike run. 10 minute break, swim bike run, 10 minute break, and then a swim bike run. Uh, my favorite ones, I'd say. Awesome. No, that's, that's, that's crazy to hear. And how does it work? I guess then, so you guys have a season standings. So, um, you, you accumulate points through the season. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So, um, uh, it kind of, yeah. So you kind of get your, your championship points, um, and what, you, what, what you race for. Uh, and then, so these four, these are your four races. Yeah start at Jersey and you get your points there and uh, Malta, Mallorca and then Singapore. But this year, Singapore was actually double points. So it, it, mass- it changed the, the point system massively. Um, so I was sitting in fifth place overall and um, started off really well in the um, Eliminator and uh, finished off in third place. Uh, my first ever um, podium on um, a stage race, which I was like absolutely fizzing about. And I uh, was feeling in real good form. But then um, the next day, <laughs> the first 25, oh, probably the first 25 meters of the swim, I um, got an elbow to the head and I uh, got um, a late concussion. So I had to pull out, which affected my points massively since it was double points. And I was in fifth place 
and I was pretty much sitting in fourth place, just just getting over Richard Murray. Um, but then since I had to pull out, um, I got um, downgraded to eighth um, in the standings overall. So since we're since I got in the top ten, I get a contract for next year, so I don't have to go to the qualification races in Bali and um, Ottawa and Posner, I think, this year. So, uh, yeah, really happy to get back onto the circuit and look, really looking forward to racing the, um, this year and the 2019-2020 season. Wow, that's that's really cool to hear because it, I actually I like the idea of having the season standings, but it's crazy that the Singapore, because you had that sort of concussion, that it set you back quite a, quite a few positions, which which I guess is a unfortunate scenario, but I guess it can also work as well to your advantage too if, if you had a... Yeah. You raced without the concussion, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I pretty much got to stage two on the um, enduro, and I was just, oh, I was cooked. Um, just couldn't, just didn't feel right on the run. Uh, didn't feel good on the bike, and I was like, nah, I need to, need to pull out. This is not feeling right. I've got WTS Abu Dhabi in two weeks' time. I want to be firing for that since it's Olymp- the Olympic year and Olympic qualifications, and there's there's no point burying yourself in the um in the first, uh, you know, pre, pre-race season. So, um, yeah, I was, I was disappointed that I didn't finish in a high in Super League, but um, my goal was to get a podium, which I did. And uh, was yeah, that was kind of the best thing ever, just to get a podium. Um, and then Tyler Misichuk, um second, and Johnny Brownie uh, taking up number one on that Saturday. So, yeah, I was just fizzing to get on the podium, to be honest. And that was pretty cool because my grandparents came over for a watch, which was cool as well. So, I kind of had some local support and... Um, I guess the Super League um, supporters um, have kind of been getting right behind me, being quite young and, um, you know, showing, showing. I guess I have a bit of a future in Super League. So, uh, it's yeah, it's been an awesome ride and it's definitely got my name out there. So, it's uh, it's been awesome. For sure. No, yeah, it's very cool, man. And so, you actually just sort of started to touch on this next question here in the, in the last answer. But... Um, becoming a professional in the super league. So are there qualifiers like that? Like you were starting to mention, or how does it sort of work to get yourself into the super league? Yeah. So there's the qualification series, um, in super league now. So you used to be, um, be able just to kind of, you've got to be selected. Really. There was no real kind of uh, qualification races back in the day. Um, but now there is. So, um, the first one was in Bali, which was actually just a few weeks ago. So your top, three men will go through your top uh, three female and then the same in Posner um, this year as well. So that's the 28th to the 30th of June, I think. Um, so that's that's in Poland, Posner there. And then Ottawa, Canada is our last qualification round. So you get your, your nine, there's nine qualification spots. There's your top 10 that got through uh, on the championship round who get an automatic golden ticket, as they say. And then you've got a few wild cards to round up to 25. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get that, um, that wild card spot last year. So, yeah, you've got the opportunity to get um, an email from Super League saying, you know, you've got a wild card or you can go through the qualification series um, that are, uh, you know, around the world. So, it's, uh, you've got a few opportunities. Anyone can do it. You can be an age grouper, um, professional. You can be an Ironman, 70.3 athletes. Um, anyone can race. doesn't matter how good or how bad you are. Um, you, if you're good enough to get that top three spot, you can get onto the Super League Championship round. So, yeah, I definitely recommend if you've got the charm opportunity, go and give it a good go because you never know. Awesome and really cool. And, again, you just started answering the, the sort of next question there. So, age groupers now, um, is there races just for age groupers that they can sort of get involved in without having to go to qualifiers? Or or how does it work for the age group sort of scene in the yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure there is an age group um, kind of category. So with um, Singapore, there was actually an, um, a junior race there, um, which was pretty awesome. So you got your under nineteen race, and there was a lot of uh, presence there. Um, and then also in Jersey as well, um, there was a under nineteen race, which you kind of get all the juniors coming along and going on the same course as the elites, which is real cool to see. So you've got the junior category. And then you've actually got a corporate category as well for sponsors or if you want to kind of get amongst, if you want to get a corporate team amongst Super League, you can also do a teams event as well. And then there's um, also on that day as well is the age group race as well. So there's actually three categories um, as I just um, touched on with the age group race, um, the corporate race and also the junior race. So there's um, it caters for everyone. Even if, if you don't want to try and get into the championship round, there's still that age group sort of racing too. And then they've got fun runs there as well. They've got 
um, athlete kind of chill zones where you get to meet the athletes and it's, it's a real cool kind of family environment. And that's what I really enjoy about Super League is we get to kind of get to know, um, you know, our fans and all that sort of stuff, which is real cool. And then we also get to mingle with our, um, our uh, you know, our athletes that we race. Um, Cause I guess in the ITU, it just never happens. We, turn out to registration, we race each other and then we go home with Supley, you're with each other for the whole week. So you really get to know and you really get kind of get a real good friendship bond with all the other athletes you actually race that you don't get in ITU, which is actually like the coolest part of it. Yeah, honestly, and I think that's true. And I, like you said, I, uh, I, I just think overall, it's, it's a really nice way to see triathlon heading. And I think especially because I don't know how factual these, these, things are, but people have been saying that it's been on a decline with people registering for travel and that sort of thing. So it's kind of hit miss. It's up and down over the years, I suppose, but it's, it's great to see something like this coming in because I think that would be a huge game changer. Yeah, no. definitely. But that's what we need eh? is a kind of a game changer. We need to kind of get, have something, um, that kind of gives triathlon that spark again. Um, just cause I guess even Olympic distance, uh, unfortunately is, as a dying as a dying thing in ITU as well, but um, potentially in twenty twenty four Olympics, it's going to be sprint instead of Olympics um, Olympic distance. So we'll see on that as well. Eh? Oh wow, I didn't know that about the uh, mm. Olympic. So now, how would you describe the atmosphere at the Super League races, and which city would you say is, or in your opinion, the most exciting race to be at? Um, so is that kind of overall? Like, is it Super League and ITU as well? Yeah, let's do let's do ITU as well because if yeah. you have an ITU, it'd be awesome to hear one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So for me, uh, for Super League, uh, I would have to be Malta. Uh, it's uh, it's a tough course. It's very hilly, which I really enjoy from the exterior background. And um, the spectator sport wise, it's insane. Like as I was touching on before, you can see every part of the uh, every part of the course. Um, I also got the the nickname the uh, the Falcon. Uh, it's a very long story, but it's quite funny. Um, so now I've pretty much been called the Falcon and Super League and, um, yeah, just really enjoy the atmosphere of Malta, um, because it's quite new for them as well. They don't really know what triathlon was before Super League. So it's kind of getting into other countries that you've, that don't really know too much about, um, triathlon and kind of just injecting it in there. Cause that's what it kind of needs. So for me, yeah, Super League would have to be Malta and then probably my favorite race on the ITU circuit. Um, was probably have to be quite um, similar between um, Hamburg. Uh, so that's the mixed team relay world champs plus the standard. It's a, a Olympic, not, not Olympic distance, a, um, a sprint distance. And it's just like insane. It's like, it's the biggest um, spectated uh, triathlon on the ITU circuit. There's like over 200,000 people that just rock up. There's so many people that do the age group race the day before. And it's just like insane. Like the crowds are packed. It's just like, you can't even hear yourself breathe. And they're probably in New Plymouth as well. Um, just kind of a home turf, awesome course. Um, everyone comes out and it's just, yeah, it's just so good. So probably those two courses would, for me would be the ITU ones would be Hamburg and New Plymouth. Awesome. That's really cool. No, it's good because I like to always kind of point those races out. So if people are ever looking for bucket list races, then I think those will, those will be some good ones yeah. for them to hear. So actually a new question just came up. Uh, how'd you get the nickname the Falcon? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was, so we were kind of just like in the middle of the race and, um, they're one of the commentators were just like, um, Johnny was coming up the hill, Johnny Brownling and he was like, Oh, here's Johnny. And then, so he was climbing up the hill and then there was a pack of, uh, about five guys, and then I was behind, so I was kind of time trailing myself back up into the group. And then he was like, oh, here comes the Maltese Falcon. Everyone was kind of looking around like, oh, who's he, who's he talking about? Like, I have no clue. And then, uh, and then he came around again, and then I got onto the group um, after a pretty strong ride. He was like, oh, the Maltese Falcon's got on, and he's gone straight through the pack, and he's gone crazy. And so, I, uh, so what he was kind of meaning is there's actually like a little film. Um, it's called the Maltese Falcon. So it's this guy that's kind of quite an underdog. And he's just like, um, drives, uh, flies a plane back in the kind of World War II. And um, he was one of the best pilots, but he was quite underdogged. And he'd kind of just always kind of be solo act and then um, kind of be that guy that just comes out of nowhere. And that's what I've kind of been, been like. I've had no kind of results or no one that kind of knew me before Super League. So I've kind of came out of no, nowhere, uh, being an underdog and kind of producing some real good results in Super League. So... And it also kind of gets the Maltese kind of community into it as well because it's, um, 
you know, it's got they've got someone to cheer for because they've got no athletes on the um, Super League circuit. So it's pretty cool to, to have a nickname um, as the Maltese Falcon. And it's kind of stuck and everyone's kind of getting on board with it. So it's uh, I was like, oh, you know, I might as well run with it. And <laughs> so it's pretty, it's pretty funny. That's awesome, dude. That is, that's one good nickname to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool backstory. Now uh, let's shift things uh, towards a little bit about training. So obviously I myself have a lot of questions because like many others might've only really had exposure to the, the ITU or like the Ironman format, I guess, more or less, uh, where it's long distance, non-drafting. There's sort of more, it's more based off just your overall fitness and not so much tactic. But if you look at the super league, it just seems to be like, there's a ton of race tactics, a ton of strategies, as well as just extreme conditioning in more of like a sprint style. So, um, I guess if looking at it from an age group perspective, um, what are some tactics that you might think about when you're racing in the super league? And then also as far as like drafting or like dropping people in a race and all kind of stuff. So what are some things you think about in a race? Yeah. So, um, my first time racing Super League, um, I didn't know what to expect for me. It was just like, I've watched it on TV. I watched Hamilton Island. And I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty awesome. I'm pretty awesome. It's going to be full gas. Um, and then racing a few ITU races, I'm like, oh, surely it'll kind of be quite similar. But you just start racing. It's like, holy moly. Like, this is like next level, like speed. And um, after a few uh, rounds and whatnot, I kind of started to, I guess work out and find strategies for myself. So for me, it would kind of just be going as fast as I can on the swim, uh, try and find some good feet and then kind of just sit and relax and then really work those transitions. So, you know, um, you might not be the best swimmer, but you can make free time up in transition. So for me, it was working those transitions, getting as much time as I possibly can out of there and then use my strength. It was, was my bike in super league. So just floor on the bike, uh, well, I was quite, um, and then I was like looking around, I was like, all right, we've got Richard Murray that normally comes out of the water with me. Um, same with Christian Blumenfeld. I know these two can ride. Let's try and work with these guys and make it to that front pack. And that's what we did. We looked at each other. We're like, boom, let's go. Let's, um, let's use this advantage, get to that front pack. We all, every time we rode up to the front pack with each other, get onto the run. Use, um, since I knew my run was quite strong too, I was like, all right, just sit in and relax. Don't do anything silly. You know, you've got a, a swim coming up. So um, get into the swim and then um, from there, just restart again, get onto the bike and then floor on the bike, get back into that group. And then that's what I kind of did. So I was kind of using, I guess, people around me. Who, who am I around? Looking at that as a strategical um, opportunity and then kind of, yeah, using my strengths um, and using those, you know, quite hard, but still doing it quite efficiently. And then also with the weaknesses, just going max and then trying to not lose as much time as I possibly can. And for training-wise, it's it's quite hard to train for Super League as well. Like um, we're doing like swim-run sets and run-swim sets and bike-swim sets and you kind of just mingle with it. It's For me and my coach, Craig, it was, um, it was quite a, a time of kind of trial and error, I guess. It's so hard to kind of get that perfect training schedule for a super league triathlon because you know you never know what it's going to be um so yeah for us it was kind of just like a hit and miss and we we're quite like fortunate that the training that i got given was pretty much bang on and it kind of prepared me quite well for it so it was um yeah it was definitely a trial and error and i think we kind of um hit the nail on the head with our training so it was it was pretty intense but yeah you've got to, you've got to think a lot because with the enduro um, there's as, as this is for an example so with the enduro you've got if you're 90 seconds behind you get eliminated as well but every transition so if I come out of the water and then I'm the last two competitors out you're eliminated and then if you and then you come into transition on the bike if you're the last two you're eliminated so you've also got to race hard and race in the front but you've also got to count how many people are around you because for example if I'm the third to last person but then the last person is already 90 seconds behind. He gets eliminated. So that means I'm in the firing zone of getting eliminated coming into the bike transition. So it's a lot of thinking as well. So kind of more, more positioning is kind of the better and then kind of counting the people around you to kind of uh, conserve their energy. So it's, um, yeah, it's a lot of thinking, especially when you're in a high pressure situation. So you've got a lot of thoughts kind of right, rambling around in your head, which is pretty awesome. 
Yeah, that's crazy. It's amazing to hear that. And especially again, going back to re- reverting back to what I know anyway, the Ironman is just, you'll be minutes away from well, the pro, the professionals anyway, will be minutes away from each other at times at, at best, maybe coming into the run segment. So the, it's just sort of them going by their own pace, by their own feel and everything. And, and just yeah. kind of watching other people's time as they creep either forward or backwards. But for you guys, it's, everyone's so close and a small thing that you do wrong could put you out. Like you said. So it's, it's crazy to hear that. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about Soapley. Like you, you can literally win anywhere in the race. Like you don't have to be a good swimmer to win a race. You don't have to be a good runner to win the race. So like, for example, in Malta, everyone was beside, everyone was with each other. And then Richard Murray did like the quickest transition I've seen in my life. And he was like five second advantage out of transition and he won the race just by having a good transition. It was just like insane where ITU, I guess since everyone's becoming so quick in their swim now and everyone's becoming a lot stronger on the bike, it's becoming a bit more of a running race and it's kind of quite predictable. But with Super League, it's just like, you know, it's not predictable. You don't know who's going to win. Um, even though, um, for example, guys like uh, Vince Lewis um, and Henry Schumann are like dominant over all three of them, they're not. Uh, you know, they are the best in the world at um, and ITU at swimming as well, but they're so strong in the bike and the run as well. And it just goes to show if you're consistent over all three, you can actually be uh, quite a good IT, um, Super League athlete. Awesome. No, that's really cool. And now what's your uh, training look like? So in a typical week, I guess, what's, what's your training look like in like your prime sort of training season? Yeah, so I guess my prime training, training season is in your guys' winter. Um, so I guess um, this is my first ever year not working. So I actually used to be a landscaper and I used to work about 20 to 30 hours a week. So I didn't really get that much training in. So this is kind of the first time I am a full-time athlete. So I get my rest. I can actually have a sleep in the afternoon and actually be a proper athlete instead of going to work and lifting poles and whatnot. So yeah, my landscaping was more construction. So it's kind of like driving diggers, digging holes and building retaining walls and all that. So it was pretty intense, but I had a real good boss um, who let me kind of start when I want and finish when I want. But I still had to get that 20 to 30 hours in just so I can actually fund to get overseas and just fund my living costs. So it was, the first two years was hard. Like um, you didn't get that recovery. So you know, wake up at five, go swimming, come home for an hour, have some food, go to work, come home at about two to three, do some more training. And then you get home and you're just shattered and then you kind of do that all over again. So I repeated that for about two years. So for me this year, it's, um, I took the sacrifice of not working just cause I want to make to the Olympics and, um, it's, it's paid off massively. Like I had a real good start of the preseason. So when I was working, I was training about 18 to 20 hours. Um, the bulk of that was probably swimming. Um, so I was swimming about 30 K a week. Um, and then running between about oh, say 40 to 50 K and then, um, for biking, just pretty much fit in what I could kind of get in. Um, so it was probably, uh, I'd say probably around two to 300 K of, of biking. Um, and it was quite, it was, it wasn't too much biking. It was more kind of intense work cause I knew the bike was there. It just had to kind of keep it up. So it was a lot of intensity and not much in, uh, in distance, but this year it's been a massive change. Um, so my preseason, uh, we kind of got some long hours on the bike, um, like the old days when I was at school, uh, when I was training for the coast to coast. So got some big training hours in there. Um, I think my biggest training week uh, was uh, the first time I ever went over 28 hours. Uh, was uh, That was a pretty big week for me. So um, at this point, um, I guess since it's race race kind of season now, you kind of range between 18 to 20 hours again, but it's a lot more intensity um, not too long. You just want to keep that, um, that lactic, that lactic threshold, um, at a bay so you can kind of get ready for racing or whatnot. So, um, at this point, yeah, I'm probably still doing about 25 to 30 K swimming, um, around averaging 50 K a week and, um, about riding about two or 300 K, but yeah, just touching back on like when I'm kind of in that rate or that training kind of area, um, I was swimming about 30 K running between 50 to 80 and then biking about 300 plus um, a week. So that was kind of like pre-season. That's what I was kind of training in at, um, at that kind of point of time. But yeah, at this point, it's pretty pretty easy stuff since we've got a lot of racing coming up. 
For sure. No, that's, that's still quite a bit of training. That's insane. And, and I guess it'd be good to ask you in particular, um, looking at an age groupers perspective, if they wanted to try something like the super league, uh, how should they shift their focus on training? Um, would they, would they focus more on intensity, more technicality or more strength training? Or, um, do they need to worry so much about the, the long distance or sort of what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I guess it was super league when I was training for it. Um, my training hours went down massively, uh, so it's just a lot of intensity because you're you're working in that um, above threshold area the whole time. So it's kind of getting your body used to that lactic buildup, um, getting into that hurt box, staying in there for a long time. So it was kind of <clears throat> quick sets of um, you know lots of fifty meter sprints, lots of hundred meter sprints in the water, and then on the bike it was just kind of like uh, one minute thresholds. Um, so like holding some high watts on the bike. Uh, five-minute power um, watts on the bike as well. And then on the run, it was kind of just like uh, 500s, 1K reps, um, you know, as as fast as you can. And uh, But keeping it at, at, at a pace that you can kind of hold for, say, like five reps or so. Um, so, yeah, it was the hours dropped down, but the intensity goes up. And, um, yeah, for an age group, if, you know, you're, if you're an age group, you're most likely um, a part-time worker, or a full-time worker even, and um, you don't have too much time for training, um, I'd definitely recommend just to kind of cut the uh, mileage down through the week, uh, make it really intense. And uh, and then in the weekend, um, have, that's when you kind of want to get your mileage in because potentially you're not working. You get to get up in the morning. You get to go for a long ride or a long run. Um, so that's when you kind of try and put the mileage in the legs um, and kind of cut down the intensity because you need those easy days because um, you can't have a hard day every single day or it just won't work. You'll just blow up and um, it just, you know, the training just won't kind of settle into the body. So yeah, have those hard days, um, but also it's so key to have those rest days as well. Awesome, man. That's, I think that's really great advice. That's, that's cool to hear. Now let's, uh, let's talk about the expenses of the sport. So obviously like you just said, you, this is the first year now you're fully committed as a full-time athlete. Um, of course, there's a lot of traveling, a lot of expenses, and it sounds like in Super League, because you're going across the globe, there might be a lot of costs in that, in that sort of matter. So is there a lot of support with sponsors, or is, is it all about prize money, or sort of, how do you sort of recoup some of those costs? Yeah, so being from New Zealand, it's, it's it, you know, we're on the other side of the world, and we're a long way from everywhere, so it's, it's hard for us, um, especially like it's uh, a New Zealand business. They're, uh, I guess they're they're quite uh, touchy on kind of sponsoring an athlete because a lot of our New Zealand businesses aren't overseas. So it's quite hard to find a good sponsor and a sponsor that gives you um, a, a good lump sum of money, I guess. So it's, um, it's hard on that point of view. So a lot of, I guess, uh, New Zealand triathletes rely on the money um, and the prize money. Uh, but with Super League, if you get a top 10 contract, which I've got this year, and uh, they pay for your flights and accommodation, which is like an insanely massive help. Like um, it's like out of this world how how helpful that is. And um, and then if you race well, you get you get some good prize money as well. So um, with the Super League la- um, last year, that's kind of funded my um, racing well. It's funded my kind of season this year, I guess. And racing well in Abu Dhabi and New Plymouth is also uh, helps me a lot too. So yeah, I've got, I've got awesome sponsors that back me in my hometown, but um, unfortunately um, New Zealand, um, uh, New Zealand high performance committee, we didn't get um, too much money for triathlon New Zealand. So it, it, it's quite tough for us uh, in the New Zealand triathlon at the moment. So we've kind of um, a bit, bit tight on money. So we don't get as much funding as we have when there was a I guess the Hamish Carter Bevan, Dockety years, so it's um, it's tough um, for the athletes at the moment, and also for the um, the management of Try and Z. So we're all kind of working together and trying to find the best uh, possible outcome for the whole team as a as a point of view. So for us, it's getting that qualification for the um, ITU mixed team relay for Tokyo, and then um, fully fledged on uh, when we kind of get that Olympic qualification spot, which we should because they've got such a strong team at the moment. And we're all quite young and, you know, just want to get out there and get amongst it. And then for me, it's kind of trying to get that individual qualification spot as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's tough, um, as I said, coming from New Zealand. And, uh, but you kind of, 
you've got to do it if you want to make it. Uh, you've got to start from somewhere. Um, and uh, I guess, yeah, it's, um, you're just going to keep on pushing through. And at the end of the day, if you race well and you don't watch, try not worry about it and uh, have as much as less worries as you possibly can, um, that's when the results start coming through and the stress starts kind of going off and you don't have to worry about those things too much as sponsors kind of start approaching you and you get better gigs and whatnot. So it's, um, yeah, it's, I guess it's not kind of stressing about those sort of things at the start of the season and um, just kind of looking at your season, plan it, and then look at the, how much funding or how much money you've got in the bank to kind of fund that and then just go from there. And, you know, if you have some bad races or you have a crash, just look at your um, look at your kind of schedule again and resort it out where I can go, which is cheap and what I can afford. And um, that's kind of how we're kind of playing it at the moment. Awesome. Hey, that's really cool. That's a really awesome insight. Cause it's just something, yeah, something people don't think about being all the way in uh, New Zealand. You're right. A lot of traveling. So I've heard the prize money in, in Super League though. I don't know if this is true or not. So let me know if it's not, but I've heard of some races you can get prizes up to upwards of a hundred thousand. Yes. So with, um, I back in Hamilton Island when there was only one race that was true, I think first place got like a hundred thousand US dollars, I think. Um, but through the, through the series rounds. Um, so the Jersey round, Malta round, um, Mallorca and Singapore, um, your max prize money over this, over that. So say for example, Jersey is 50 points up for grabs, um, and Jersey, but just itself, if you win overall, just in Jersey, um, you get twenty five thousand. Oh, you get twenty thousand US, and then it pays down to fifteenth, and then that happens also through um, Multimilka. You get the twenty thousand, twenty thousand, and then if you win overall, um, the overall series with the points um, accumulating, if you win the overall series, um, the pr- top prize is a hundred thousand US. So there is a lot of money. Uh, which is awesome and it really supports and helps the athletes as well. So it's, it's exciting times. And I guess the more, more growth that um, Super League gets, the more viewings, uh, the more exposure it gets, the better the, the prize money will get. And it's, it's I guess, um, I was talking to Chris McCormack and um, for him, it's getting triathlon back to where it was, you know, it's, it's finding, um, finding a niche, getting into it and it's, you know, making it bigger again uh, because at one point triathlon was slowly dying, but with Super League, it's brought it back up. It's putting money back into the um, the sport and that's what it needs um, because there's so many, you know, such good talented athletes out there at the moment, but there's a lot of athletes that can't afford to go everywhere. But with Super League, it's kind of bringing that money back into the, uh, into the sport, getting it to the athletes so we can race everywhere and, um, you know, just kind of have a, a good life without worrying about financial costs, you know. So that's that's a cool thing that Chris McCormack's been doing is just really uh, – he's been a real big help for me and he's just supporting the athletes and that's real awesome to see. Exactly. I, I, I agree with that. It's great to see that the Super League's doing that because at the end of the day, yeah, the, the, the athletes, they're committing full-time to it. You, you sort of have to be able to make somewhat of a living out of it. So to have that sort of money on the tables, it's, it's great incentive to see. And like you said – it makes the sport that much more entertaining. So uh, yeah, really cool. I like we see where it's going. Yeah. And it's kind of like, cause people, it's quite funny. Cause uh, when I, when I come back home and it's like, my brothers are like, Oh, how much did you win? Like, um, and I was like, Oh, I think I, I think I won maybe like uh 15 or two, uh, $2,000 or something. And like, Oh, that's awesome. But then you kind of look at it, it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's not really that much to be honest. Cause when you add all the training leading up to Abu Dhabi and when you lead, and to other races, it's like I say, it's like oh, you put like a hundred hours of work in, and then it kind of adds up to about two dollars an hour. So it's like, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> That's true, man. Eh? That's funny. So now, again, I always keep comparing Ironman just because that's what I'm more yeah, familiar with. That's but, fun, um, man. When it comes to pacing yourself and sort of, do you ever use like the the power meters for wattage, your heart rate for like a heart rate monitor for your watching your heart rate zones and um, bike computers, all that for your cadence? Or is that sort of, does that kind of go out the window with the Super League? Um, obviously, because you're pretty much going um, high effort the entire time. Is there much pacing at that point or is it just... Yeah, so Super League is, um, I'm, I love uh, using power meter. Um, that's what I use in training. Um, that's what I kind of gauge myself on. Um, I do a lot of solo, a lot of solo kind of training, ex- except for probably swimming. But um, yeah, I'm all about power meter, uh, all about cadence, uh, not too much about heart rates and whatnot. Um, 
But yeah, Super League, it's so hard to kind of keep track of that because it's just full pace the whole time. Um, but you've also got to be smart of kind of, I guess, yeah, Super League's all about feel um, at the end of the day because like it's going so hard and the course is so time technical. You can't really look at your watch or look at your computer on your on your gar- uh, on your bike. So it's uh, yeah, it's quite tough to kind of look at uh, at the kind of what sort of uh, data you're coming out with. But for example, in ITU, um, that's a lot um, a lot more kind of uh, on the database sort of area. So for me, um, I like for me to be quite comfortable in an ITU race would be say um, I like a bit more cadence. So I would try and average about a hundred a hundred and two to hundred five cadence in a, in a normal race for me. Um, cause it's not much torque on the legs. Um, you get a good spin on, but you also can put it down a good bit of power. And then, um, uh, for me, I, in a normal race in ITU, I'd probably average around between 290, uh, to about 340 Watts on the bike. Um, that's for me, I can run a sub 15 off that sort of pace, uh, or that sort of wattage. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely kind of, ITU is a lot more pace orientated. Um, you don't want to go out the gate at like a 240, uh, 235 pace you kind of want to maybe start at like a 250 and then build yourself into it because it's exactly like an Ironman or a 70.3 if you go out too hard you just got to blow up at the end of the day with even with ITU um, if you go out at a 5k at 240s you've got to blow up and you've got to feel it um, in that last k and then same with the Olympic distance as well that's a lot more pacing as well um, for me I'd probably uh, for, an, for an Olympic distance race I'd want to keep my watts under 300 watts um, for me myself to run a good 10k um, so yeah it's ITUs are definitely a lot more strategical with so please just full on get you know full gas just kind of go to your blow kind of thing <laughs> awesome no it's really cool it's I'm glad you sort of spread that across all th- different types of triathlon because yeah it does yeah. make a big difference you just sort of get myself in particular, I just sort of got so focused on one different, one particular format and, and here's where we should use heart rate. Here's where we should use power meters, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, sure. it's, it's cool to hear. Awesome. Now, I guess lastly, it's kind of finished off with, uh, on course nutrition. So how does it look like in the super league format of racing or are you using the things like gel packs and Gatorade or is there any time for that during the race? Yeah. So, uh, for me, for, if I'm doing the triple mix, or the um, equalizer or any of those ones, I'd take no drink bottle because you've got your 10 minute break in between. So I'd go with no drink um, just to make your bike a little bit more aero, a little bit lighter as well. Um, And then for me in the 10 minute breaks, I would have a gel um, and a bit of uh, electrolytes. So, you know, Gatorade or um, anything you kind of use noon Uh, for me, I'd use a noon and um, I'd use a goo Um, normally kind of go for like a, uh, salted caramel or a chocolate one. And I'll probably have half of that just to kind of keep this um, so you don't kind of bunk massively when you put those um, glucose and those electrolytes and those carbs. And so you kind of want to have half and then half, about probably about half of a, um, a, drink, a drink of um, electrolytes or some water as well. And then you kind of repeat that after every stage. Um, and then pre-race as well, I'd put a goo in, uh, get a goo in and just kind of um, sip on water uh, for about an hour leading up to it because you don't want to kind of uh, smash a bottle of water back in the, like in 10 seconds. So it's kind of, for me, just sip on water so you don't get stitched, have a bit of, uh, have some gels and um, then get back into it. So, yeah, I guess over a Super League race, I would have uh, probably like three gels, one at the start, one at the 10-minute break, one at the next 10-minute break, and then that would probably be me. Uh, for the Enduro event, I would probably put half a drink bottle in, um, drink on the water, um, drink on the bike, um, and just get as get as much fluids in, but not too much fluids in, um, just to kind of keep your your taste buds satisfied. And then I'd probably tape two gels onto the um, to the top um, top tube of the bike, and then have one every round um, in the enduro because you obviously don't get that ten minute break. And then same with ITU as well. Uh, I'd probably, for a sprint distance, I'd have one gel in the top tube. Uh, for Olympic distance, I'd probably have two. Um, so I'd probably have that, um, that gel probably about halfway on the bike. So it kind of still, so I, so I still kind of get that, um, that bit of energy on the run as well. And then uh, for, yeah, for Olympic distance race, I'd have one at the start of the bike, one at the end of the bike. So it kind of caters uh, for that whole kind of race. Um, and then I guess when I was doing 70.3 as well, I was kind of, kind of, uh, having about three gels on the bike 
and probably a uh, probably a gel about halfway on the run. I'd say. Awesome. No, that's good. It's great to hear too because I think that's probably one of the most crucial areas that people struggle with. Well, I guess the people will either struggle with the swim or the run as well, kind of quite often. But I mean, nutrition is just such a huge thing that people struggle with um, just finding the right amount or if they have too much, then they have GI issues. So it's kind of, or conversely, they don't take enough and then they don't have enough energy to get through it. So yeah, it's always good to kind of find out what people are doing. And it's interesting to hear in the super league too, that that's the, that's how you, how you spread out all the gels and the, the liquid. So it's cool. Yeah. It was quite funny. I was talking to Christian Blumenfeld when he did his, uh, his first uh, senior point three in Bahrain. Uh, yeah, he's pretty hardcore and he's such a nice dude. And I was talking to him and I was like, Oh, uh, I see you bunged a little bit in Bahrain. He's like, yeah, I only had one gel in the whole race. I'm like, Oh, what? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's a bit, he's a bit of an animal. I love the guys. Uh, he's, a, he's such a tank. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's wicked. Awesome, man. So that that's pretty much wraps it up. But I mean, if uh, if you're up for it, let's do the one minute question answer fire round. Um, we'll yeah, see what questions we get answered in a minute. So sure. uh, I've got the timer ready. So if you're going to go, then we'll get started. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So what is your least favorite format in the Super League? Or which one do you start? Um, probably the uh, enduro because I've always had bad luck. That's where I got my um, concussion, and um, it's the only one that I've ever been eliminated in. Oh, okay, perfect. Hey, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's your go-to pre-race breakfast? Um, definitely a bit of salmon. Uh, I love a bit of salmon and some eggs. What's your favorite Super League race? Malta. Uh, best or easiest discipline between the swim, bike, run. Uh, probably, uh, be probably be the bike and the run kind of touching base, I guess, but I'll be more of the bike. I'd say I love that. Perfect. Uh, what's the most beautiful place you've traveled to? Probably Jersey. Jersey was awesome. Nice. Now who's your biggest influence in triathlon? Uh, we've got the same strengths and weaknesses, I think, but he's been in the sport for a long time. Probably Richard Murray. Awesome. Now, if you were to ever do a full Ironman race, do you have one in mind that stands out that you'd want to do? Uh, probably my first one would have to be New Zealand Ironman, but I hear Challenge Roth is the way to go, to be honest. Awesome. Both good races. Now, <laughs> do you use Zwift or do you ever do any racing on Zwift? Yes, I do use Zwift. Um, I actually really enjoy it. Uh, I've never actually properly raced before, but I do a lot of my sessions, like my, a lot of my threshold sessions because you don't have to worry about traffic or traffic lights or anything. So yeah, I do use Zwift quite a lot. Awesome. Perfect. And then the last question was the most grueling or toughest course you've raced? Probably, oh, uh, I would say uh, Mallorca. That was the toughest race. It was a longer swim in, um, in Super League. Insane bike course, and um, yeah, it was it was just like two hills, and you're just like full tap the whole time. It was like the hardest race I've done in my life. <laughs> Crazy, Jesus, awesome, man. Well, that uh, that wraps it up, man. Obviously, I can keep going all day, but uh, obviously, sure, you got a busy rest of the day plan, so we won't keep you here any longer. But who are your sponsors this year? And also, shout out to your coaches. Who are your coaches? Yeah, so um, I've got two coaches at this point. So I've been with them for three years now. So Craig Kirkwood. Um, he's been an absolute um, legend um, towards me and um, helped me with all my running. So he, he's got a um, Commonwealth Games background in the marathon. So do trust all of his work. Also, Liz Van Wheelie, um, she's my swimming coach. She's been at the Com Games, the Olympics, and picked up a few medals too. So I'm pretty confident that she'll sort my, uh, my swimming out. And then, yeah, for sponsors this year, um, I'm with Specialized. Um, Orca, just went to Orca this year. Um, Pacific Toyota, so uh, get a nice, um, nice truck uh, when I'm at home. And um, my coach, my two coaches, Liz Van Wheelie Aquatics and Craig Kirkwood, they both um, sponsor me as well. Uh, Rico um, helped me with a bit of funding. Also, Karis is a local um, sub development uh, business in New Zealand um, in my hometown. And Fakatani Cycle Centers, who I get all my kind of bikes and equipment from. So yeah, those are my sponsors for the year, and um, you're looking forward to looking forward to working with them uh, for another year. Awesome, man! That's awesome. So for those out there who don't already follow you, where's the best place they can sort of get all your content and follow you this year in your racing? Yeah, so I do a lot of Instagram, um, but that's also linked to my Facebook page. So yeah, my Instagram is Hayden underscore Wild. 
Um, so that, yeah, I guess that's where you get your, my, most of my content from. Um, but it's also linked to my um, Facebook, which is um, Hayden Wild Athlete. So whatever I put on Instagram will go onto my Facebook. And then if you want to get a lot more information about me, you'd go, go to my site, uh, which got made just at the start of the year, actually. It's www.haydenwild.nz. And um, you get quite you get exact um, quite a lot of content. To, um, all the photos and that all that stuff uh, comes goes straight from Instagram to my um, my website. Plus, it's got all my races that are coming up, so you get to see the races. I'm about to race in the next like thirty to um, sixty days, and then also it's got my results there. It's uh, got all my sponsors there as well, and it's also got a bit of in depth um, information and about me as well on there too so yeah go and have a look um go and have a look around it's um yeah it's a good page cool man and also as well they on the super league triathlon website that's where they can go go i guess it'll have all the overall series standings kind of have your athlete profile all that kind of stuff too yeah yeah also yeah super league triathlon they've got athlete profiles so it's got my height my hair color and my eye color as well so um you can get amongst that and go uh, and see all the, all the information you want to know about me would be um, probably super league as well. has got quite a cool bio um, telling me about my background too. So yeah. And my website's also got my results through from 2017 as well. So you can kind of have a bit of, bit of a stalk there if you'd like as well. <laughs> Perfect, man. It's got everything. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so other than that, man, thanks again for coming to the show and um, be sure to connect another time um, yes. and obviously best luck for the races, man. Looking forward yeah, to thank it. Thank you so much. Cheers for that. Awesome. Take care, man. Yeah, you too, man. Well guys, there you have it. Hayden wild is a name that we well known in the super league community in the coming years as a legacy being so young has already made such an impact on the sport. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Hayden. I'm so glad we can have you on today. Now guys, if you want to hear more podcasts like these, then hit that subscribe button and you can follow me on Instagram at pacing and racing and on YouTube. Just search pacing and racing. Now, one thing I want to mention to listeners, which I'm super pumped about, my good friend Triathlon Terran has released his newest website that is now live called Pro Triathlon Training. It's an online course to teach you specialized training, making you more proficient in the swimming, cycling, and running. Now, what's so great about this is the instructors of the course are some of the best pros in the sport triathlon. So in the sport discipline, there's Lucy Charles and Reese. Barclay that are your teachers. You have Cameron Wirth teaching cycling. You have Sarah and Ben True teaching the running aspect. And they have strength training coaches like Timothy O'Donnell, Miranda Carfrey, and Aaron Carson. So overall, guys, it's an amazing course. I'm enrolled in myself and actually love the content. So if you use the discount code PTT Launch20, you'll get 20% off. And this code is available only for the limited time. Now, if you want to check that out, the website link can be found in my Instagram bio. And again, Instagram is at pacing.and.racing. Other than that, thanks so much, guys. And lastly, if you did like this episode, please take two minutes, leave a kind review on the podcast channel as this helps us get heard by more listeners through the podcast platform algorithms. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.